And so like, why or how do you build up confidence is like you, it starts with you, you, you trust like, Hey, I bring this value to the table because I think we all do this. Like, I don't know what job I would apply for because what can I really do? I've learned everything on the job. None of it is super technical. And so you write yourself off, but like start saying, no, this is, I show up and my character is important. I think that's like number one. If you can, if you're proud of who you are and you show up to the table, like that's the first step. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with season two of your favorite career readiness podcast. Learn tips on personal and professional development. Hear inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles. I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. This is Marcy Bullock with the most important five P's. Stay present, trust the process, explore your path, release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential. Welcome to the uh, chat section. I'm so glad that everybody can join us today. Uh, We have a a panel of wonderful chess alumni um, who are out and about in their professional careers, and I'm really, really excited to introduce everybody today. Um, My name is Colin Beamer. I work in um, uh, student leadership and engagement um, at NC State University, and uh, we were inside Tally Student Union, for those who are familiar. Um, And we are joined by a wonderful panel of professionals in their careers. So I'm going to kick it over first to uh, Margaret Thurston. Margaret, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So my name is Margaret Thurston. Um, One thing that I do want to call out is I didn't go to NC State, so a little curveball there. (laughs) I actually went to Florida State and I studied um, hospitality management. Um, I currently am a program lead at Allegis Global Solutions, which most people don't really know exactly what that company is, but the general gist of what I do is I kind of work in the operations side of staffing. Um, and so we're part of a managed service provider and my current, uh, and we like manage the contingent labor process. It's a very convoluted way of explaining things. Always happy to talk about it if anybody wants to. Um, but the current account that I support is Facebook. Awesome. All right. I'll pass it over to Susie. Susie, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Thanks, Colin. So my name is Susie Bishop, and I was a communications media major at NC State, and I'm currently still in Raleigh, and I'm the director of product development at the Center for Leadership Studies. So we do leadership and management training. Awesome. Thank you, Susie. All right, I'll pass it over now to Ryan. Ryan, would you mind kicking us off as well? Hey, I'm Ryan Britton. I actually am about to start a job as an area manager at Amazon. I start next month, and I'll be moving to Kernersville, North Carolina. But I graduated last May from NC State with a major in political science and a minor in criminology. So, All right. Thank you, Ryan. I grew up near Kernersville, so I hope you like it over there. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then I'll now pass it to Caitlin. Caitlin, would you mind introducing yourself? Hi, I'm Caitlin Kim. I am coming to you guys um, from up in Washington, D.C., um, I graduated from NC State in 2016 uh, with a degree in business administration and a degree in international studies with a minor in Spanish. Um, I was able to double major, minor, study abroad, all that jazz uh, as a Alexander Hamilton scholar. Um, Seth Murray was my advisor. I believe he was still there. He's the sole reason I was able to graduate in four years with all of that. Um, 
I currently work for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA. It's quite the mouthful. Um, we are a combat support agency within the Department of Defense um, and an intel agency within the intelligence community. So uh, we're dual-hatted in that we report to the Secretary of Defense and the Director of National Intelligence. Um, my current role is a foundation joint officer, which just it's a fancy term for a program manager. Um, I manage large government contracts that buy geospatial data. Um, and I used to be a geospatial analyst before my, my current business role. So I'm happy to take any, uh, questions for those of you that are interested in a career with the federal government. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Caitlin, for introducing yourself as well. Um, I'll pass it over now to Anna. Anna, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Anna Watson. Um, I am coming to you today from, from Northwest Arkansas. Um, I graduated in 2014 from the University of Arkansas um, with a major in communication, minor in political science. My career in education took a wild turn and I ended up studying um, urban planning at Georgetown University, which is where I met um, Marcy's daughter, Kaylin, became great friends. Um, and I'm currently the director of the arts and culture department in a city in Northwest Arkansas, city of Rogers. So yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, Anna. I appreciate it. All right. And then Kristen, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Thanks, Colin. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, I am an NC State alum. I went to actually went to NC State for graduate school. So I'm a graduate school alum, got my master's PhD in industrial organizational psychology at NC State. I'm now living in Cary, North Carolina, just next door, and kind of spent half my career doing organizational development, uh, wide-scale tra change transformation, change management, leadership development, and spent half my career as a business executive, kind of driving market strategy and kind of change and transformation from that seat. Um, I'm currently uh, working for Parkcell. It's a clinical research company with dual headquarters in Boston, Massachusetts, and Durham, North Carolina. And I head up their Center of Excellence for Change and Transformation. Yes, we're very happy to have you as well. So, um, But I'm going to kick us off and I'm going to ask for first Margaret and then for Ryan to answer this question, if you all don't mind. Um, what is the best piece of advice uh, for you all reaching your career goals? And Ryan, I know, I know that you also just are getting started, but feel free to take that any direction, uh, perhaps part of the interview process or what you were focusing on as you were um, leaving college for your career goals. Um, so yeah, I actually do love this question because I have been out of college for five years now. Um, I'm still identifying kind of what my career path looks like. It's still, I, I don't have it a defined set stage quite yet. So really for me, it's like capitalizing on what you're going through right now. Like every challenge and every like feeling of being overwhelmed and like a new space and a new job and whatever that looks like for you, you can understand like, okay, what take a moment to identify, okay, what am I learning from this? And what can I take away? And then utilize that as like your weapon for future progression kind of thing. Um, like these moments that are there types of things that you can talk to in interviews. And like, you can really like take anything that you're being challenged with as, okay, how you overcame that. And, and it helps develop, you know, where you're going to go to. So that's really one thing that helps you tap into identifying your strengths and then how you respond in moments of adversity. So ultimately, if you kind of have a, a goal that you're already striving towards, what my advice to you would be, and while what I'm still working on as I identify what that looks like for me is 
understanding, okay, big picture, like this is where I want to go. What kind of skill sets do I need to get there? And then kind of back your way into that. Okay. How can I create and cultivate that type of environment and create those opportunities in what I'm currently doing? And so, and then just really honing in on that so you can get yourself better prepared for what you're targeting. Awesome. Thank you. Well said. All right, Ryan, your turn. I definitely agree with Margaret. Um, I kind of had wrote down, like, always be prepared because you never know when an opportunity will present itself. And so kind of with my experience, I came into college not really knowing what I wanted to do. I had a general idea. My dad was in federal probation and I thought career in law enforcement or those types of opportunities would be what I wanted to do. I just really wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And coming into NC State, I didn't really do a great job of getting involved at first, but more and more opportunities started to present themselves. And I actually got involved with the NC State baseball team as a student manager and did some work with them. And then from there, I got an internship because of the work I had done with them and just having the being prepared to do different types of things and open to different opportunities. You never know where you'll end up because in all honesty, baseball has nothing to do with political science or chess or anything, but being me being open to those opportunities led me to other connections. And then obviously Amazon is not necessarily political science, but making those connections and being well-rounded and not, cutting yourself off from something just because it may not be a direct correlation. There's no direct line to what your dreams are. So just do what you think can do to get you where you want to be. And with all your failures, you learn from them and those experiences can lead to your ultimate success. So just overcoming that adversity is a big deal as well. So, Well said. Yeah. I was talking to, I did another panel recently where we were talking about um, networking in particular among young alumni from NC State. And that was one of the core lessons I heard from everybody was like networking is anywhere and everywhere. It's formal and it's informal. Um, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't look like just one thing. And so holding onto those networks is super important. So thank you, Ryan. Appreciate that. Um, the next question I'm going to ask for Caitlin and Anna to answer, if you all don't mind. Um, Caitlin, there's also a question in in the Q&A for you specifically, too. So feel free to use some of that time to answer that question. But uh, the next question is, what what do, do, what do you wish you had done differently in college, if anything? Or if not, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you did in college that you thought were helpful. Uh, I can go ahead and uh, answer the question in the chat first, and then I'll answer your question, Colin. Um, I got my job because I interned with NGA between my junior and senior year of college. Um, and then I received a job offer my senior year of college. And that was awesome because I know sometimes it takes a really long time to get uh, your security clearance in place. So I was able to do that um, while in undergrad. Uh, and then to answer your question, Colin, about what I wish I had done differently. Uh, now, I mean, I had a really happy college experience, but now where I am today, I looking back, I wish I'd taken better care of my mental and physical health. I think college is such a rare environment where you're completely surrounded by your peers and you're all competing for the same thing. You're in the same life stage. Um, so just kind of take a step back and evaluate where you want to go next and remember to call your mom, call your dad um, and get into a fitness routine if you can. Awesome. Thank you, Caitlin. Um, okay, I'll hop in here. That's that's so important, Caitlin, and I'm really, really glad that you mentioned that because I feel like in college especially, it's a time where we can kind of 
get caught up in the day to day and it's easy to lose sight. Um, and it's really, really the foundation that you work from, uh, moving forward. As far as what I would have done differently. Um, so I think when I was in college, I held on to a lot of limiting beliefs, um, felt like things were out of my reach and just wrote them off. Um, like wasn't, wasn't going to be smart enough. Wasn't going to be professional enough. Wasn't going to get where I wanted to go. Um, and part of me accepted that. And then when I got into the, you know, workforce, I realized that that's, it was all kind of just in my head, right? And like, we are all capable of pushing ourselves and achieving things that surprise ourselves. I mean, that starts in the small stuff and it builds and grows gradually, but ultimately letting that go and believing in yourself and taking, taking steps out of your comfort zone is really important for your professional development as well as your personal development. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really easy to think, Oh, I could never achieve that. That's a, totally out of the question, but it's really not. Um, it's really not. So that'd be my biggest redo piece of advice. Awesome. Anybody else care to respond? I see some folks. Yeah, Colin, I just wanted to jump in on that because I think that's a really important what both Caitlin and Anna just said is I think what's really hard is when you're younger and you're just 18 embarking into college and time just seems like everything just seems so massively important at that point in time. And then as time goes on, you realize that, hey, you know, career goals may are important to have those. But really, if you think about it as stepping stones, like you're putting a stone in front of you and you don't necessarily have to know exactly where you're headed through the forest, but you just know you want to take this trail and you might decide to go down to the waterfall. You might decide to go up to the mountain peak. But I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I have reflecting back is that just to kind of be a bit less stressed about that goal and where I'm trying to achieve and instead just sort of take in what's happening in the moment a bit more. And I think it's so hard to do that, but that's kind of my biggest piece of advice. Awesome. I yes. wish I had done differently. <laughs> yes, I also echo that. I, it's really easy to like look out and see, think, oh, I'll know it, everything. I'll have my career path perfectly lined out by the time I'm 30. I'm almost 30 right now. No one knows what they're doing. Just do your <laughs> best. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Susie, did you respond as well? Yeah, just again, I think this is a big one and one that we can all relate to. But something I wish I had done was just get out of my comfort zone and like get out of my own way. I want to come across as I have it together and, you know, I'm, I'm working towards X, Y, Z and people like perceiving me a certain way that, um, you know, it's like I found my, my group and my things that I was good at and just tried to excel in those areas so I could look even better in those ways. But if I could go back, I would diversify my experiences so much more and try to learn from the things that I wasn't good at and grow in those areas. Like there's something that comes with being uncomfortable um, that allows you to grow that I wasn't really willing to step into that at that time. And looking back, I wish I had. Um, for our panelists, or for our attendees, rather, if you see people nodding their heads, it sounds like these are very common experiences for our career professionals. So um, definitely something to note um, as well. Um, are there, uh, forgive my uh, uh, lack of remembering here, for those who did have communications related majors, are there any, is there anybody who would be willing to answer this question here or anybody at all who might have some advice um, for, uh, for Twinkle's question in here? Um, in the Q&A. So the question is, for comm majors, what are the different career paths you considered when majoring in comm? Um, I feel like the major is pretty vague, so it can't be applied to a specific job or internship. So does anybody care to talk about that, even if you're not a comm major, honestly? 
I can speak to it a little bit. I, I think it is broad, which I think is the beauty in it. I was um, communications media and senior year went to like local news stations, more like journalism type um, internships. And my senior year, I had this moment like, oh my gosh, this is not what I want to do. Like now what? Um, and then I started interning for a pharmaceutical company in their communications department. And I was like, I love this. I love like this organization wide. I kind of felt like I was connected to all these different departments. Um, and now I, then I transitioned into marketing for the Center for Leadership Studies. So the company I'm at now and learned a lot of the marketing department and external communications. Now I'm with the same company, but I'm on the product side and it's a lot more leadership based and internal and like working on the physical product. So I agree it is vague, but like part of that is like what I love about it. There's so many different places that you can plug in. Uh, I felt the same way about political science as well. Like my role, I'm working in higher ed right now, um, but I never would have really seen myself as a political science major ending up in higher ed. And yet I'm in an office where my political science degree ended up being very helpful in a lot of ways that I didn't expect. So um, does anybody else care to comment on that question? I have something. So like just in supplement to Susie's comment, I was not a communications major, but I think it becomes overwhelming when we start looking like, okay, we've tried to fine tune what we're searching for based on identifying a major. But when I was in college, I had no idea what I wanted to do that. I was an exploratory major which was just like taking science classes, taking marketing classes. And they were like, okay, you're not going to graduate if you don't pick a major. So I finally did. I'm like, okay, I'll just land on something because I can't pass this finance class. So hospitality sounds fine. And then I ended up transitioning and I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm looking for in a job yet. So how do I know what to apply to? And ultimately what ended up happening is I just would go to career fairs and find, okay, who did I enjoy talking to? I didn't even care what the company was. And it was like, who can I find like the right culture fit? And I thought, so once I got a job offer, I didn't know if that's what I wanted to do. And I identified a year and a half into it. That was so not what I wanted to do. But it was just like, okay, how to make the the pool a little bit smaller. And I am like, my major is related to what I'm doing because I work with people. But like, I am now completely derailing off of what the traditional trajectory would be for somebody that's in a hospitality type of role. So that's where it's like, it's so no matter what direction you initially started out in, it's likely going to change. So identifying like where to start is probably challenging because it can be so overwhelming. So just like, I think almost building a network of talking to people about what they're doing or what they enjoy or understanding what exists out there has been like helpful for me. And, you know, and that's kind of what I think we're all here for is just, I think if I can speak for everybody, everybody was pretty confused or is confused. I'm still confused on where I'm, you know, ultimately headed, but it, you start makes it making sense as you progress. So yeah. <laughs> just to go out. it really is an evolution. So one thing I'll, I'll just say is I, I majored in history and German as an undergrad, did not take one psychology course, but because I studied abroad in Germany and I sat in this lecture where they started talking about when they reunified Germany and all the challenges they had with mindset and trying to bring two different you know, parts of a, you know, that were once a country back together again, where people kind of lived on, under these different types of government and changed their mindset. And how do you do that? And you have to motivate people differently and get them to come together and the whole cultural aspects to it. I realized there was this whole other field that studied organizational psychology and how all of this comes together and the roots of, 
you know, human work behavior. I didn't take any psychology. So I took a couple psychology courses, the bare minimum to, to apply to grad school. But, you know, I think it, it truly is an evolution. And I think we can get so overwhelmed and so wound up on what's my major going to be. And that's going to define me for the rest of my life. And, and that's not really it because when it comes down to it, you know, yes, I use a lot of what I learned in grad school sometimes in my job, but sometimes I don't. I think what's most important is the building relationships, the critical thinking, some of these things that you learn going to having that college experience and really trying to, you know, learn how to learn as much as how to learn from others. And I think those are the types of things that the more that we focus on what we're learning, that evolution starts to flow a bit more effortlessly than when we are trying to kind of make sense of every little thing that we're doing, then we get all kind of worked up about it. Yeah, that's, that's, those are some really great thoughts too. Um, and the next question actually is um, related to a lot of some of the themes that y'all are talking about, about, and it's also included sort of in this question from Hagar as well. Um, about how do you stand out in general? And so the next question being as a recent graduate, um, or anybody for that matter in marketing or who is, who's networking rather, um, how can you make yourself stand out among competition, um, without going overboard or just in general? How do you make yourself stand out? What, what types of things are people looking for in your, in your experiences? And let's start with, um, let's start with Susie and then Kristen and then anybody else who wants to jump in. Yeah, I think, you know, you can be overwhelmed going into an interview just thinking like, how can I impress them? And like, what can I say? And how am I going to stand up against the competition? But you don't know them. You don't fully know their organization. You also don't know who else is interviewing. So I think the best thing you can do is know your story and confidently like put that across, be authentic. And both sides will know if it's a match. And I think if you know your story and what you've done, the impact it had, the results, and you can clearly communicate that, that's all you can do. Yeah, I think well said, Susie. I, I just, I was going to say almost the exact same thing, but just to kind of reiterate a couple points is you know, what I, I, I do a lot of professional development workshops. And what I always tell people is getting clear on your value, like ultimately, what, what do you bring to the table and have some examples of that? Cause it, and, and talk very authentically and, and have some examples on how you actually made some contributions and impact on, on others. Um, whether it's, you know, even personal examples as well as much, you know, work examples because at the end of the day it it is about is there a fit and you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you and so it's not so much about I mean you know obviously you read job descriptions you know some of the things they might be looking for so obviously you want to think about from there is there a fit and what kinds of things can I mention that line up to maybe what they're looking for so I don't they'll leave anything off the table but but ultimately it's really kind of sharing you know what are your strengths where do you you know where do what where do you, what do you like to be challenged with? And don't be shy to kind of talk about also maybe a challenge that you had where you did struggle and how you came out of it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I, I was, I'm actually in the process right now of interviewing some people for a position and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to also figure out, you know, what inspires them, what makes them tick, how do they handle difficulty as much as they, how they handle success, I think are both important. So talk you know, talk authentically and don't be, you know, shy to kind of be a little bit vulnerable about some things too, because that, kind of helps you know. I mean, if they really, you know, if they don't really have an understanding of that, then maybe that's not a place that you'll ultimately feel comfortable. Yeah. 
Those are all really great points. I, I also like to remind people in the commit search committees and interviews and things that I've done in my even in my short career, um, a lot of times when you make it to that interview, um, you already check the boxes for the basic requirements. So now is the time where you're you're presenting who you are as a person um, to make sure that that's the type of person that they're looking for in the role. Do you fit well with the the team? So presenting yourself authentically is such a great core piece of advice to that, um, so that you can just rest on that um, when you're in that interview stage or when you are creating those connections. Um, it just really helps build those bridges in ways. Um, that that you that are, are going to serve you well, I guess, in, in your career. So, really great response, y'all, on that. Anybody else? Yeah, I was just going to add one more thing: is is also don't feel like if you get if you go into an interview and you come out of it and you just really didn't like the vibe for some reason. I mean, you can get the vibe from places sometimes, even just sitting. Like, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, so we're not really necessarily going in person. But when you go into person in some places and you're sitting in the waiting room and they're running late and they're hairy or I mean, you can kind of understand a little bit of the vibe of different places too. And if it's at the end of the day, if it's not for you, even if they offer you the role, you know, kind of pay attention to asking yourself, is this what I want? Am I going to be happy? Because you don't want to commit to something and then be miserable for the next year or so. Yeah. Well said. Um, there's a great question in the um, Q and a right now about mentorship And I want to start with Ryan and Margaret, if you all are willing to answer this question in that order. Um, How do you find a mentor? Um, Talk about some of your mentor, talk talk about some of your mentors and your experiences, whether they're in college or elsewhere. Um, What did that mean to you? And then how did you build that relationship? Yeah, so mentors obviously play a huge role in your self-development as well as like making connections and figuring out what you want in your life. And for me, I kind of went about that and looking at my hometown and some of the things that people, some people that I thought lived lives that I could see myself living, where they had free time, they were able to give back to the community, they had felt like they enjoyed their job, enjoyed people and being a part of the community and just giving back in a way, while also spending time with their family and being able to do volunteer work and those kinds of things. So I kind of looked at those people and saw the roles they were in and asked them how they got where they were, what they liked about their job, what they didn't like about their job, if they could change something, what they would do, if they were in my situation, their advice, and what the, if they could go back and do it all over again, would they do it the exact same way? And in all honesty, I think even just having those conversations, if that you didn't have them as like a mentor before they feel connected to you in a way and you learn so much from them while they also learn from you. And it's just a great way for you to meet people, but also know what you want and what you value when you're looking for jobs. And so for like myself, I looked at an insurance agent that was a state farm insurance agent in town. And I saw he was giving back to the community all the time and felt like he had a lot of free time. He would go for runs on the weekend or different trips. And I was like, that seems like a really good job. And so I went and talked to him about his experiences and how he got where he was. And it kind of, even though he didn't ever expect to be where he was then, it gave me a sense of what I wanted in my life and what I looked for in a job and those kinds of things. So Awesome. Yeah. So to kind of trail off that, I have a few different thoughts on like mentorship. So my first is I'm somebody that's like very impacted by like the words that I read and it like changes kind of my outlook on things and how, so I've almost developed like mentorship type relationships with people that don't even realize that they're mentoring me, right? Where it's like, I'm, you know, reading this 
poetry and different like things like that, that, you know, their outreach to their community, that it isn't like a one-on-one thing with me, but I, I grow so much from that. So I have like that one take that I, I lean a lot in that category to, to help my own self-development and identify it's more of like a, a personal thing, like how to keep my mental space in a good space. And from that, I know that I can continue like staying, staying on top of my uh, career growth and trajectory for that. But then as far as like an actual person to lean on mine has, I've never really sought out an individual like to be like, okay, Hey, can you be my mentor? They're definitely like very organic and things of like, Hey, this is who I lean on to. And a lot of times it's really, I found that in the workplace once I was in a healthy work environment, I definitely like coming from toxic workplaces. It, it was hard to identify what that would look like or how to exist in those spaces. But transitioning over to a team where I was able to go through things personally and not feel like, well, I can't let them know because I don't want them to think I'm weak or, you know, whatever. I was very, I've always also probably overshared a lot of stuff in my life, but like I was able to talk very candidly about what I'm experiencing and have people that had my back. And that kind of automatically created a lot of those relationships. And so like to your question of, you know, what's crossing the line, I think, yeah, it's, it's important to, you know, Hey, you're hired on to do a job. It's important that gets done and, and define keeping that, um, as your, your goal. But I think our life and our health and all of that, that comes first to me, like before any kind of job. And so having people that, that care about what's going on outside of the walls of work is really important. And I think that's really how you identify a mentor almost, or they organically fall into that place because, Hey, yeah, I care what our, our business goals are, but I also care what's happening in your home. And, you know, and so that's kind of where, where I found mine and they happen to be uh, managers or even coworkers. Awesome. Caitlin, did you have a response as well? Oh, I was just going to add my first few years um, out of college, I actually had two different mentors. One was a more formal relationship with someone who was pretty high up and they were more of a career oriented uh, mentor. And then I also had a separate mentor outside of my immediate office that was more of a friend, um, if you will. And we established up front, like this is informal off the record. And so I remember an occasion where I despised my first supervisor at the time and we were having this conflict. So I went to her office, shut the door, cried it out, composed myself, went back. No one ever knew what happened. And I just needed that. So I think there's, you know, different different relationships with different mentors. Um, and I know you guys aren't in the workforce yet. So in college, I would say my mentors were um, some of my professors um, that I would go to their office hours, email call and build on that relationship. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm pivoting a little bit here. I have a more specific question and it's perfect because Caitlin and Anna, I would like for you both to answer this if you're willing. Um, and Sophie asked in the Q and a, um, what are the best ways to cultivate the necessary skills to work in policy and government? And then also there's a section of Hagar's question from earlier as well, um, talking about how to find good opportunities as well. So maybe you, you all can sort of touch on both of those things if you can. Um, I can start. I will say that almost everything I learned for my job was on the job training or certifications or classes, training, whatever through 
work and my school work uh, as an undergrad was more kind of creating me into this well-rounded person to be a productive employee. Um, and I know applying to government is a black hole. Um, and so you're not sure exactly what they're looking for. Um, but I would just try to hone in on your unique experiences. Even if you think, oh, I studied abroad in Egypt, that's not that unique. But putting that on your resume, you don't know who's area of interest that is who reads your resume and they're like oh I like this person because they have this experience so just try to highlight your experiences even if you don't think they're unique you'll be surprised what grabs people's attention so any languages or uh, senior thesis projects put that on there because it'll grab their attention absolutely echo all of that Um, I would say too working for city government the way that I do with a planning background it's interesting because it's almost as much technical knowledge as it is understanding people, um, understanding how a message needs to be delivered for the public, which honestly, communication really lends itself well to that. Um, yeah, Caitlin hit the nail on the head with, with her response. Awesome. Does anybody else have any other things to add for that question? I know that, that one's more specific, but cool. Um, well, I, the next question that I have, uh, and I'll start with, uh, Susie and Kristen again, if y'all are willing to kick us off is, uh, what's your best tip for transitioning from college to career? That's an ever present question for our college students. My truly like raw answer is just to have an open mind. And, you know, as we were kind of like reflecting about some of these questions, I was just thinking of my 21 year old self. And I just remember senior year, I was over my roommates. I was ready to graduate. I couldn't wait to work and like prove myself. Um, but that's not where everyone is at. And, um, I just, I don't know. I remember like walking into or coming into the workforce and thinking like, everyone's going to be really driven. Everyone's here to do X, Y, Z. We're all on the same page. Like, Everyone every day is ready to just like give it their best. And you kind of like, wow, this person's going through this. This is going on. There's a wide spectrum of ages. Um, and you just like start realizing like, no, we're not all on the same page. Like not everyone's this like ambitious 21 year old girl, like ready to take it on. And, um, it just like hit me really quickly, like how much I had to learn and take in. And if I would have just had a more open mindset and just been, ready to learn, um, which I was ready to learn, but just I was more open and didn't have this like set mindset of like what work was going to be. I think it would have been much easier for me to transition. Um, so that's what it is for me. Yeah. I think when you're in college, it's like everybody's life is pretty similar. And then you leave and you go into the, you know, you graduate, go into the workforce. And then, yeah, in some ways, everybody's life is similar in that the majority of us work from nine to five or whatever that might look like. But, um, but you quickly realize that you're in this world where everybody has a lot of different needs and goals. And probably the most important thing to me was developing relationships across a wide spectrum and diverse set of people. And even though I had a lot of diversity kind of in, in all tense of what that means in college, um, one thing that struck me is when I started working and I worked for a couple of years before I went to grad school, um, one of the people that I was actually developed a nice friendship with was a woman that was my mother's age. And it was kind of funny because like, you know, she and I just 
bonnet. We'd go for walks at, you know, over lunch break. because I didn't want to sit by my desk and she was kind of an outdoors person too. And so I think what surprised me is, is just that you really make connections with a, even a wider array of types of people at work. And you have to, you know, just as much as, you know, you, you want to, um, you know, it, that's kind of a new environment for a lot of us. Um, at the same time, just kind of, you know, relaxing and really trying to get to know people and not just being focused on the task, but really trying to be much more focused on the people around you. And, and that's probably one of the biggest things that will help you and similar a lot to what Susie just said as well. Awesome. Uh, Ryan, you're going through this process at this very moment. Well, do you have any thoughts like on what this looks like for you as you've, as you've experienced this in real time? Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with Kristen and uh, Susie there. And just basically being comfortable with those around you, like you may not have anything in common right off the bat, but the more and more you talk to people, the more connections and things you find you have in common and just being willing to be open and allow people to tell you their story and you'll just feel connected to them more and just working as a team, those kinds of things give you so much more than you could ever realize. I mean, I've worked with some people at my high school job that I still stay connected with just because we took the time to have conversations and talk about their dreams and aspirations and what they wanted in life. And it just makes you realize some things maybe you didn't even notice about yourself and what you want. And I just think that almost sometimes is more than even just the job you're doing day to day. Colin, if I can jump in here too, because I this is one of those things that I wish I would have understood when I was getting into the workforce. It's less of what it has to do with like your career, but more so like taking care of yourself. I didn't know what like creating a routine with myself like that, or, you know, having something that I was consistently doing to keep myself grounded, or there are certain things that are just like very little acts, but making sure that you're able to do that because like, you're going to be stressed. You're going to be overwhelmed. There's going to be a lot that's going on. And I don't think you ever reach a point in your life where that just stops. So it's like, you have to set the the foundation and the tone from the beginning. And I struggle with that intensely. Like I left college and I moved somewhere that I, I didn't know anybody, but I was like, Oh, this will be great. I had a great college experience. I was ready for something new. And I ended up getting into a job that I didn't particularly love. I was very devoted to like, okay, always giving it my all, but I was definitely neglecting a lot of like my taking care of my mental health. And it was a lot. What I've learned throughout the years is like, Hey, I want to wake up every morning and, you know, not like being strict on a routine, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this, whatever affirmation that I want to do and stretch each morning, like whatever that looks like. But like setting that completely shifted how I show up to work each day because, and that was, it took me years to figure that out. And I just want to call out whatever that looks like for you. However, you want to get that set up. Like it's important to pay attention to that because you know, you only have one of you and who you bring to work, like that shows through, you know, any of the the stuff you're dealing with at home, that's going to show up in work. So take care of yourself. <laughs> it's really important. Awesome. Um, experiences that I had as well. It's just like going from student to professional staff in any, in any role, frankly, if you're not taking care of yourself, it's just, it's going to be all the more challenging because everything is new. Like everything you're doing, you're having to learn on the fly Nobody trained, like somebody mentioned earlier, like, where did you learn how to do your job? So much of it's on the job training versus like 
you will learn things in college, of course, that will apply. But in my experience, like so much of it was just learning all the time for the first year in my role before I felt totally comfortable with everything and everybody's different, but that was my experience. So totally agree with like, got to take care of yourself. Um, Colin, if I could, I just want to highlight, it really does take about, I mean, a year before you feel really confident in your role and you understand what's expected of you and what's going on. So don't be too hard on yourself because you're learning Um, and people around you know that. And so if it's your first gig, just make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're not putting too much expectation on your performance. Um, Because at the end of the day, like we're people, right? We're not at the, the spreadsheet. So make sure you're putting yourself first. I wish somebody had told me that right there, Anna. It's like, give yourself that grace as you're coming into a new role, especially as you're leaving college, because first job out of college, I think everybody thinks I need to know everything. (laughs) And guess what, folks, you don't know everything when you get into that first job, there's so much you're going to be learning. So that open mindedness and that grace that you're going to give yourself to try things mess up. It's all part of it. Ask for help. Yeah. Well, and the key thing too, is you you don't ever stop learning, like, like really focus on that. Because I think a lot of people think that, you know, at some point, I'm supposed to be perfect, I'm supposed to know everything. And Take that off. No, you're not. You're always constantly learning. And, and in that way, and you're, you know, focus on also trying to learn from other people too. And, and that definitely takes some of the pressure off as well, too. Absolutely. Your colleagues and your supervisor and all those people, if they're doing their jobs well, they want to help you because it helps them to help you. So, um, all of those things. Yes. This is, this is the real stuff they don't tell you in college. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on that question before we move on? I know we're getting sort of close on time, so I definitely want to make sure we get a few more in here. Awesome. Um, okay. So one question that I saw um, in the chat or in the uh, Q&A as well that I really liked um, was, how do you all maintain that network or relationships with colleagues or mentors um, without it feeling transactional or that you're using the other person? Like, how does that, how does that work? How do you approach um, that relationship without it feeling like you know, I'm just asking this person because I need this thing, you know, how does that work for you all? And whoever wants to start on that one. I think one thing I actually um, was talking about this with a group of students the other day, it's the more that we can focus on building positive relationships. And I think everybody was also kind of sharing some of this with the mentorship question too, is, you know, you have these people that you already have now that know you well, really know your character, can kind of attest to your contributions and what you can do and your strengths that you can turn to for feedback. You want to hold on to those people as well as you want to build on to that type of core set of people. And so the more that you continuously do that over time and just make it a goal for yourself. I mean, one thing that I do is I, I kind of, and of course, it's always more challenging right in the middle of a pandemic, but you know, I used to always try and say, hey, I want to have at least two coffees a, a month with people that I'm not you know, currently working with or seeing on a regular basis. And you know, set these goals for yourself. I know uh, when I spoke to the Park Scholars, I got to know a couple of them that were alums. And one of them talked about how while they were at NC State, he and a couple other students would meet this chemistry professor that they really liked and was kind of their mentor at State for coffee every, every Friday or every other Friday. And 10 years later, they're still doing it. I mean, luckily, they're still in the area, so they can. But but again, I mean, you can keep these relationships, even if you move across country and you happen upon an interesting article or see something interesting, flip that person a note. Um, you all are maybe hopefully getting on LinkedIn if you're not. And LinkedIn's a great 
way at least to, you know, to connect with people and send them little notes on LinkedIn or as much as, you know, you're still connected with them. So make that effort. And then when you need something, it's a little less awkward. At the same time, you know, help them too. And you're adding value to them and kind of putting that outreach to them as well makes it feel more and and be more of a two-way type of scenario. Anyone else care to comment on that? Uh, I could comment on this. This is kind of general career advice too, but it applies to asking for recommendations is be your own advocate. If you already have a relationship with a professor or a supervisor at an internship or your job, um, counselor, whoever, you don't know until you ask. And the worst case scenario is they're going to say, I'm not comfortable writing this recommendation because I don't know if I know you well enough, but that's never, I've never heard of that happening. So you just don't know until you ask. So I, think that you just have to put yourself out there, even though it's uncomfortable. Um, but the more you do it, the more you that uncomfortableness goes away. Absolutely. Just ask. Yeah. I was gonna and I know it's the you know the same thing, but Caitlin, like you were saying, this is definitely me and I always felt like I was a burden or bothering someone. Um, but like you all said, you know, you have that relationship, the worst thing they're going to do is say no, and you're just right where you are. And someone gave me the advice one time, like instead of immediately going to the negative and thinking you're going to be the burden, what about thinking about it as like giving them the opportunity to do something like nice for you? And that will make them feel good as well. They helped you get the leg up. They helped you get your foot in the door. And then again, reiterating what you all said, like, add some of your value on the back end of that as well. You know, I'm always happy to do something for you in the future as well. Just try to think positively about it. I was just going to say, it really is that two-way relationship. Um, I try to keep, you know, networking, I feel like kind of almost has a negative connotation at this point, but I try to keep professional relationships super intentional. Um, So if I see them mentioned in in an article, I'll make sure and send it to them and say, hey, great job on this. Uh, we'll go back and forth, meet for coffees, all that. So when the time comes around that I need something or they need something, I feel comfortable asking because there's a dynamic relationship that's not just super, super professionally strict, you know, kind of how you would think of like a, a normal career mentor. Um, it's really like a dynamic relationship. So, Yes, I, I just really appreciate that, Susie, you saying that because I think that any person, especially... Well, not especially, I just say any person at any stage in your career can feel uncomfortable or as a burden if you're, you know, leaning on other people in ways and to flip that script a little bit is like a super powerful thing because we're all designed to be social creatures working together in a community. We're not supposed to do this alone. So if that's true, then we know that other people should be ready and excited to help us, hopefully. And that's mutual, mutually beneficial. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, Okay, so this is a great question that I am going to pull in and I'll call on uh, maybe Margaret and Caitlin, if y'all are willing to answer this to start. And then anybody else is, of course, welcome to join in. Um, how does how does one build up confidence to speak with employers? Like, what do you do to get yourself ready and confident um, to go out and seek those connections with employers? So I think, I mean, that, of course, like depends on what seat you're sitting in when you're speaking with set employers. But I think like one thing that I have discussed this a lot with friends recently who are transitioning in jobs. And I think we all inherently like sell ourselves short of what our capabilities are because oh, we don't know this technology or, you know, there's like check marks of um, what you can and cannot do. 
But there are so many things um, as far as like soft skills go that we just have to recognize our worth and our, our value. So when you're speaking, like I think a, a tone of this call is right, like being authentic and really intentional about how you carry yourself. But like we all have such a wide range of like strengths and something that I'm very interested in. And it has helped me drastically when like building out a team too is the Enneagram, which is just like something that helps. It, it's like a test you can take and whatever. And it, it's ultimately like some scope of a personality test. But the reason that I bring that up is it talks about how all of our driving forces are so ranged and varied. And I think we all have such different strengths that like what you think is a throwaway, like, oh, everybody has this ability is not true. Like you, you bring that to the table and that is very unique. And the person sitting next to you really has a strength in another position or another space. And so like, why or how do you build up confidence is like you, it starts with you, you, you trust like, Hey, I bring this value to the table because I think we all do this. Like, I don't know what job I would apply for because what can I really do? I've learned everything on the job. None of it is super technical. And so you write yourself off, but like start saying, no, this is, I show up and my character is important. I think that's like number one. If you can, if you're proud of who you are and you show up to the table, like that's the first step is just like, okay, start, start having that conversation. So I know that's kind of like a long winded response and it really depends on like, is this an interview or how you're engaging with them? But trust yourself is the first thing. I love what you said about confidence, Margaret. You have to be your own hype man. I don't know if this question is specific to you about to walk into an interview, but if you can't hype yourself up, then find your most outgoing, over-the-top family member or friend to hype you up beforehand because you have not worked this hard and come this far to fumble when it comes to an interview because you're starting to doubt yourself. You have everything it takes. And like we've reiterated, you're going to learn everything you need to on the job. You basically are just displaying that you're a motivated uh, individual that's ready to work hard, which is mo- more than some of the coworkers that you probably will meet anyway. Um, but yeah, be your own hype man. You got this. Awesome. I know we um, thank you all for that. I totally agree. I love that sentiment. And uh, that preparation is so important. Like we said earlier, if you got the interview, they want to know more about you as a person. So like, that's what you got, you know, you're getting yourself hyped up, you're presenting, like Caitlin said, on, on who you are. That's Awesome. So I totally agree. Um, with respect to our time, I know we only have a couple minutes left. So um, maybe if if you all have any last piece of advice, I guess, um, for just anybody or in general, any last piece of career advice for our students today, what would it be? And maybe just a couple sentences from each of you. If we could start with maybe um, Anna, would you be willing to kick us off? Oh, gosh, put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. um, be brave. Let go of all the doubts you have about yourself. Exactly like Caitlin said, I love that. Be your own hype man. I listen to loud music. I go in. I'm ready. Um, and two, I think just like in life, all of us rely on and are relied upon for connection and networking and mentorship and all that stuff. And intentionality is kind of the foundation for that, especially in your career life. Um, and I'm really, really excited for you guys. And I, I think it's going to be amazing. Um, and Wait, one last thing I will say too, though, is I have been told no sometimes, and it's not the worst thing in the world. I, I bet everyone in this call has not gotten the job that they thought that they wanted so much, 
Um, you'll probably get told no and it hurts, but just know that things happen the way they're meant to be. Um, and I, looking back now, some, some of them have really been like huge, um, bullets dodged. So trust the process, trust yourself. And just because you get a no once doesn't mean you're going to get a no every time. So that's it. Anybody else want to leave some parting advice? Um, I'll just say, give yourself grace. I know there's a lot of pressure where you feel like the only thing going on in life is I need to graduate and get a job immediately. And that's just not true. You're going like a hundred miles per hour in college. And then once you get to the workforce, it, it slows down a little bit. So there's no rush to, to get there. Um, and also I'm not on LinkedIn, but you can email me questions after this. Um, I would love to connect. Um, I, I still have my NCSU email, so you can find me on there. And I really have enjoyed this session. I think my uh, last piece of advice is kind of two pieces. One is nothing's predetermined and to, and, and focus on being open. And let me just kind of share a little piece of what that, what I mean by that. So I'm predetermined, like I think going back to, you can always change course. I remember when I was in a leadership program for the first large company I was part of, um, I heard this gentleman speak that was an astronaut and I'm, and I'd always been fascinated by astronomy as a kid. And I walked up to him and I said, Oh, I always want to be an astronaut. And he's like, it's not too late. You actually look like one of my colleagues that's an astronaut from Canada or something like that. He was telling me this whole story. It probably was a little too late to be an astronaut, but maybe not. But the point is, is like nothing's predetermined. You can always change course and you want to be open and being open, meaning being open to opportunities, being open to challenging yourself. But more importantly, be open to connect with people. And and I think this is something I, I, I tell a lot of people is even even in like the elevator, even in standing in the coffee shop, you never knew kind of who you're going to connect with and where that might lead for you or what you might be able to give to them in terms of value or advice. So the more that we sit in our own little world, staring at our phone all the time when we're standing around, the less we are able to kind of make eye contact and just connect with people around you. So that's kind of my last piece of advice. Yeah, I love that so much, Kristen. And what I'll talk about is kind of, so I read this quote the other week and I'll probably butcher it, but it was something like, Life is hard for two reasons. Either you're staying in your comfort zone or you're not leaving it. And I think that like that note is so good to keep in mind. Like we're all scared of things, but it's like show up and do them anyways. And based on, and that's kind of like to Kristen's point, like you don't know what could happen after that. Like you might identify that this is something I do really love. And, you know, and so, you know, sometimes it's taking baby steps, but just be aware of that. Don't, stick to stuff that you've known just because you've known it. So that's all. And then yes, everybody, please feel free to connect with me. I would love to talk to you all. I know my company is definitely hiring as well. I'm not like trying to make a shout out there, but if anybody wants any more information, I do have it. Yeah, definitely connect LinkedIn. Go get those jobs, people. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. This has been Um, so much fun and I'm really grateful for all of your expertise especially from so many different backgrounds and career orientations that you're in Um, extremely helpful so thank you all for joining us very much thank you thank you guys thank you goodbye